Take your Bibles, if you will, and open them to um, 1 Kings. And let me say a couple of words before I read it. Um, You know, guys, it is hard to um, preach a series of sermons at Gracie Van. Uh, what with all the the interruptions that we have, you know. For instance, just just last week, I um, I told you that, or, or I, I started a series on um, the life of Michael. You remember that the the wife of David, the the bride of David. You remember we started that last week, and then we have today Father's Day. Um. And you know, in, in my opinion, uh, it's probably more important that we speak to men on their day than it is for us to speak to women on their day. N- not to suggest in any way that men are more important than women. No, no, no. That's not what I'm suggesting. I am suggesting this, that we men, uh, we have gone further astray. <laughs> we have a further peace to travel back to a road of righteousness than do our female counterparts. So it's uh, it's becomes, uh, you know, imperative that we say something to the uh, the men of, uh, of, the, of the congregation. And then, of course, um, two weeks from today or thereabouts, July the 4th. <laughs> so, you know, there's um, there's that interruption. And then and then I think most of you know uh, around here, if you've been around here at any length of time, that we pretty much drop everything when it comes to a monthly observance of the Lord's death via this sacrament. And, and the reason that this is so emphatic, or that we're so emphatic about this, is, is for this reason. If I were to succeed through my massive intellect and my um, unmatched and unparalleled theological prowess to do nothing more than confuse you and muddy the waters, then at least once a month you get to see and you get to hear that the issue in Christianity is Christ. I think it was J.C. Ryle who said this, and I love it. I say it a lot. He said, Christ is the hub and all else is circumference. <laughs> Everything else is just circumference. Christ is the center of this whole thing. It's not about this church. It's not about our theological positions. It's not about doctrinal precision. It's about a person, a real person who was born in Bethlehem, spent his childhood in in Nazareth, and then at age 30 appeared on a public scene, and then, as you know, three years later, lost or gave away his life uh, as a payment, as a ransom payment for the sin of folks like us. So, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty hard to, um, to maintain a, to preach a, a series around here because we've got so many introdu- or interruptions that come and go. So today, um, today is going to be somewhat of a hybrid. Um, that's a big word 
with the price of gasoline being four bucks. Um, this is going to be a hybrid of a sermon. We're going to we're going to nod um, to Father's Day, and um, and and then we're going to finish up this series <laughs> next week. We're going to it's a series within a series. But we're going to nod to Father's Day this morning, and then I'm going to intentionally do my best to try, before we're over, to, to drop us off at this table um, where we can once again gaze upon the centerpiece of all of Christianity. And that is, of course, Christ's substitutionary sin-bearing, sacrificial death for his people. Okay? Now, let's look at the text. It's in 1 Kings chapter 2. It's only four verses this, this week, and that's always fun for me. 1 Kings chapter 2 at verse 1, you follow as I read. When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon his son, saying, I'm about to go the way of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man and keep the charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies as it is written in the law of Moses, that you may prosper in all that you do and wherever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons pay close attention to their way, to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. The grass withers, And the flower fades. But the word of our God, that that endures forever. Is that not a stirring scene for you? I mean, you understand what's going on here, don't you? I mean, it is David, you know, the the slayer of Goliath, the shepherd boy of Israel, the, the songwriter. David's dying. And he calls in one of his sons. He's got more than one son, but he calls in his one son that's going to succeed him. And he has a charge for him. He has some uh, some closing words for him. He he leaves behind some uh, some instructions as to um, what his son ought to do. And at the heart of those instructions, in fact, I think if we were diagramming the sentence, the primary predicate would be this four-word little sentence here that says, show yourself a man. Daddy's dying. Son's come into the, the, the dying bedroom. 
And there he is, flat on his back, you know, kind of gasping out words, doing them um, rather slowly and, and uh, in a very determined fashion. And, uh, and he looks at his son and he says, um, son, show yourself a man. Guys, uh, let's say just for a moment that we want to do that. We want to obey that. We hear it. We're stirred. We're 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 with him, and we want to do what Daddy just told us to do. It does certainly have a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Son, show yourself a man. It, it has an appeal, does it not? So let's just say for a moment we want to obey that. We want to show ourselves to be a man. Then tell me, gentlemen, how would we go about it? What will we do? What are the things that we think would demonstrate to everybody that's looking that we're a man. What are those things, gentlemen? I mean, um, maybe we can get a a gun. Learn how to shoot it. That ought to do it. Maybe we can get it ourselves a truck. You know, on those big old hemi things. And get a rifle rack, put it in the back. And we can put an eat mo possum bumper sticker on the back of it. Maybe, maybe we could, maybe we could listen to country and western music. Maybe that would do it. Maybe, maybe, maybe we could, um, oh, I don't know. Learn how to hold our alcohol. Maybe that's it. Maybe we can learn how to drink. Or maybe we need to, you know, have a cigar or two. What is it, gentlemen? What kind of things make somebody a man? You know, this past week, uh, I've been in and out of some airports. I had to go to Dallas and back. And, um, and you know the drill these days at airports. It's um, delayed flights after delayed flights after delayed flights. And um, so I, I had driven to Little Rock to pick up a plane because it was cheaper and trying to save money. And, and um, I, in Little Rock, I, the plane was delayed oh, a little over four hours. And so, you know what you do. You start trying to figure out how you're going to kill these hours. And, you know, and so I, I decided, in, in light of the fact that I knew I was going to uh, do this on this Sunday, I was going to look at it. I was going to go into one of those little airport shops, you know, that sell magazines and books. You know, those places where you can get yourself in some real trouble if you're not careful. But I, I wasn't looking for girly magazines, folks. I was looking for manly magazines. 
So I thought I'd go in there and I'd, and I'd, and I'd just kind of survey what's, um, what's, uh, what's happening in the world of men. And um, now you can imagine what's on the front of those, those manly magazines. There is um, this shirtless guy in a Speedo. And, uh, I mean, he is bulked up like you, I mean, you just can't imagine. I mean, it, it, it almost is, I mean, for some of us, maybe not for all of you, but for some of us, it's rather nauseating. And then there's this token chick that's kind of hanging on him. And, and he is in some version of this kind of pose. You know, something like that. And then it's offering you all kinds of suggestions, uh, as in terms of the articles on the inside, as to, as to how you can be more manly. How to lose your gut. That was particularly appealing to me. <laughs> um, eat healthy and, and a new day, a new diet. Okay, and then, um, then of course, every one of them has one, maybe two articles as to how I might improve various areas of my life, with one particular area given special notice and special attention. Is that it, gentlemen? Is that it? Is that how you're going to prove to you, to your world and your sons that daddy's a man? Hmm? Is that how you're going to do it? Get rid of your gut? Eat right? Be athletic maybe? You know guys, I'm a baseball player. Um, I've told you that, but it, it still, Amazes me how many of you, but uh, anyway, my wife has heard it a time or two. But I'm a baseball player. I, I I earned my way through college playing baseball at the SEC level. I was a starting catcher. Now I'm, I'm just saying that to say I was raised in Memphis as a baseball player, and if you're a baseball player in Memphis, you're a Cardinals fan. And back when I was, you know, checking the box scores and getting the paper every morning, you didn't have what you got all. But I mean, when I, back when I was keeping up with it, uh, the Cardinals had a player that was the player of all players. He was called a rocking chair hitter. I mean, he had this unorthodox hitting style. It's unbelievable. But the moniker by which he is known the best is this. He was... Stan the man. Is that it? Is there some way you gotta be somewhere athletic in all this to prove yourself to be a man? According to the magazines, if I'm gonna be a man, I've gotta be bulked. Virile, fit, and athletic.
that prove you're a man? Hmm? You know better, don't you? I hope. What kind of things does a man do? What, 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 what shows me to be a man? And I think perhaps more importantly than any of those questions is this. What do I teach my son? You've heard that little country and western song about, I've been watching you, Daddy. You taught me how to spit, Daddy. You taught me how to cuss, Daddy. Is that what we're going to teach our sons? What is um, what is it that a man is? I'm not asking what is a male. I mean, we've got that one down pretty, pretty, pretty well. But what is it to be a man? Ask it like this: What do you think David had in mind? What do you think David had in mind when he? When he um, said this to Solomon, what do you think he was thinking? Guys, I can tell you this much. And I, I say this with a fair degree of confidence. Whatever it means, there's a shortage. There's a shortage of men. You can see it in, in the, um, the rise of single mothers. You can see it in um, the commitment phobia. You know, they make fun of us in the, in, on television about, you know, we're trying to flirt with some chick and then uh, she, she's real, and then something comes up about uh, commitment and we're out the door. You've seen those. You can also see it in the church. There's one guy who is getting a lot of press these days. His name is Mark Driscoll. And he's come up with a term that's supposed to describe the church. Here's what he calls it. He says the church is chickified. Not chicken fried, but chickified. That is, it's overrunning with chicks. But where are the men? There was one man that says that we're guilty of the Calvin Klein syndrome. I love that. Think of that. Calvin Klein's ads where you've got these aggressive, strong women and these these boyish, effeminate-looking males. Whatever it is to be a man, gentlemen, there's a shortage of them. Now, guys, I'm going to do something rather odd. Here's what I want to do. Um, I want you to think about the questions that I posed this week. And, and then I want you to email me your thoughts. Tell me what you think a man is. We're going to have a virtual sermon. And next week, I I won't use your name. I'll protect your uh, uh, anonymity, I promise. But but I would like to include what you think, the both good and the bad. Here's my email address. It's pretty easy. Jimmy at GracieVan.org. Email me your thoughts and then tell me why. I don't just want a word. I think a man is this, and here's why. Email it to me. And then next week, when we wrap this up, I'm going to use some of that information if you send it. Because what we're going to try to do next week is come up with a succinct, precise, crisp understanding 
of what a man is. Now, that's the nod to Father's Day. But now let me intentionally try to drop us off at the table, like I said. I want to show you something. If you've got your Bibles open, turn with me to John chapter 19 real quick. This is the longest I've ever preached on a communion Sunday. Um, John chapter 19. I'm, I, I don't have time to read much of it, but uh, this is when Jesus is in uh, the trials between Herod and Pontius Pilate. He's uh, with Pontius Pilate, and he says in verse 4, Pilate went out again and said to them, this is 19.4, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. You might have seen my title, Echi Homo. That's the Latin for that. Echi homo, behold the man. And guys, it's hard to know what Pontius Pilate meant. I hardly think he was offering a piece of flattery. But if I were to venture a guess as to why Pilate said this, I bet that something like this has taken place, that through this whole interrogation process, Pilate was impressed by this simple notion He's a man. Now tell me, what do you think he saw? That is, what do you think Pilate saw? Here is the one who sums up all that humanity could be and should be. And this man, only hours later, died so that the rest of us could be a man. So that we could be a man like God intended, like God designed. He died to redeem our manhood. So, my brother and sister in Christ, come with me as we behold the man. Our Father, I do pray that you will um, work in us a greater love for, appreciation of, and um, and an enraptured by the beauty of Jesus Christ as we gather around this table. Teach us, O oh God. Teach us more of what we were intended and meant to be, both male and female, as we worship the living Christ. For it's in his name that we pray.